What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And it's Atletico Madrid, top of the table with Barcelona. This is not day one, this is not day two, this is day seven. The Atletico in the 2-2, I'm with Ricardo Menendez, Ricky, an incredible atmosphere. What did you think of tonight's game? Incredible, the, the stadium was roaring a minute ago with chance of ole 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 Cholo Simeone. Maybe you can direct the microphone towards the, towards the stand. They're singing the anthem, really exciting atmosphere right now. Episode 53, October the 17th, 2012, the one when we became co-leaders. You are listening to This Is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atletico de Madrid. In today's episode... Atleti's last-class victory over Malaga and the Barcelona tie against Real Madrid left us tied with the Kool-Aid at the top of the Spanish table with 19 points. We'll round up the international break, taking a look at how Falcao remains on fire. Arda gets hurt. Let's not even mention Juanfra. Sporting Braga released their annual report for last year, which revealed Atleti paid 13.5 million euros for Pizzi adding to the long list of the club's shady, secretive and oftentimes ridiculous transactions. The winger will be on a four-year contract so will finish the season with Deportivo. And now, the red and white fact of the week. Atleti have won nine straight matches in official competition for the first time in their over 100-year history. Hello everyone and welcome back to this Atleti, your space of 100% Atletico Madrid news and opinion. This is Ricardo Menendez once again hosting the show and tonight we'll be missing our Gareth Silvio Nunn. But to compensate, we asked Susan Offerman to come back to the show and talk to us about her trip to Madrid to watch Victoria Pilsen, Atleti V and Malaga. We'll, we'll also be talking, as usual, to Martin Rose now and, and Derek Mayan, welcoming him back after taking a night off from our last episode. Starting from the back, Derek, how are you? Welcome back. I'm great, guys. Thanks. And uh, yeah, it does feel like it's been such a long time. It's, it's these international breaks, man. I mean, yeah. it's lovely to, to see your country <laughs> play every now and then, but um, it feels like it's been ages since we last uh, talked at Lady. It has been a long time, in fact. And Martin, how are you? Uh, doing good, man. Same thing. It's been a long, long break, but at least we've been on top a little bit longer at the top of the table. And yeah, it's the only Falcao. way to remain at the top. Get these yeah, long at least for me, 
at least for me, I got to enjoy Falcao again with Colombia. So it was a really, really nice break. It's been, it's been a nice, <laughs> been a nice rest. Okay, yeah. and uh, Susan, great to have you back. Welcome back. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, great. Um, well, let's let's start with you and um, and get your your view on on the Malaga on the Malaga match and and tell us your experience uh, back at Madrid. How many times have you been so far this year? Uh, this year was my second visit to Madrid. Yeah, it, not bad. I, you can't complain. I, yeah, I can. Two I, international I, I, finals, two trips to Madrid, not bad. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a, lot, a lot of matches uh, away from Germany this year. Uh-huh. It was it was quite fun, quite fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I was uh, I was there for for the Pilsen match and for the Malaga match. I have to say, uh, from the um, from the stadium, it was uh, in the Pilsen match it was not not even full. The Malaga match it was it, the, the stadium was completely full. The, the people were cheering for the team almost 90 minutes. Um, I have to say I was quite drunk, so. Um, <laughs> You can't say that on the air. So the, I, I, I can't. I can't that's that's why I always tell Gary. My, my, my Spanish friends made, made me drink uh, some wine and beer and some Spanish liquor from 3 p.m. and the match started at 9:30. So uh, <laughs> uh, it was, um, yeah. Spaniards getting Germans drunk. You live to see yeah, everything yeah. in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, I had a good time and uh, it was quite quite a great atmosphere in the stadium, especially after the goal from Falcao um, uh-huh. on the on the end. It was it was incredible, I have to say. Okay, well, uh, Martin, unless you open a six pack uh, in, in your living room, um, you weren't drunk. Um, last last minute win and what an incredible match! Yeah, it was, it was extremely incredible. Uh, I was already settling with the idea of tying. And, you know, at least I was feeling, okay, we gotta, we still have a comfortable lead over, you know, the people, the teams behind us. And I was, you know, contemplating that idea. And all of a sudden, the ball goes into the net somehow. Falcao pushes through. And I remember my wife was right next to me and I just picked her up and almost threw her to the ceiling. <laughs> I was screaming like, <laughs> running around my house like I didn't even see the replay or anything. I was just screaming celebrating man it was unbelievable what a great what a great win what a great win we were at the we were at the ground and i i remember um uh, telling gary that it it would be unbelievable if we got a last minute win and all of a sudden um we saw the ball going in and it was like absolutely amazing the atmosphere this at at the ground um i think i haven't we haven't experienced uh, such a good atmosphere in a very long time, but it's also been a very long time since we were last co-leaders. Um, Diego Pablo Simeone is smashing every single record left to smash. Um, Derek, did you have the chance to watch the match? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that Martin will agree with me that we are so jealous of you and uh, Suzanne were at the stadium because the Calderon did seem to be buzzing. and um, Absolutely electric, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as you mentioned, it was a great game. I mean, from uh, from start to finish, I think we we were entertained, and um, both teams really went for it. I and, I covered uh, the press conference, Derek, and um, Pellegrini said it was it was an unfair result, and the the match had been very very poor. I was quite surprised when I I listened to him until I. Any found, explanation, it, Ricky? Any explanation it, why that didn't come out publicly at all? Like uh, because uh, I don't know. Uh, Pellegrini always always gets this type of of 
I don't know. He sli- he always slips this type of message whenever he sits at a press conference. Um, after an Atletico match, I've I've heard um, so many offensive things about Atletico when 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 he would train for uh, Villarreal or or Real Madrid, especially when he's on the winning side, he would really um, criticize uh, the opponent and and uh, pass the same type of messages across, but. Um, Without without the I congratulate Atletico for the win. It would be like, oh, Atletico were a poor side and uh, we got away with the win because we were the only one playing real football and all that. And you always get these type of comments from Pellegrini, and I'm I'm just surprised that since he seems um, so kind and so pseudo intellectual, um, he 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 doesn't he doesn't get criticized by the press. But um, I I'm really not a big um, a big Pellegrini fa- fan myself because I always say, find him very disrespectful. Pellegrini wasn't criticized by the press because I don't think that he's ever had a single positive comment from Marca. Uh, but he only had um, negative comments when he was uh, a Real Madrid coach. And that was because he was placed by a president that was openly against Marca. And that was a campaign to um, destroy Ramon Calderon, who was a president of Real Madrid. It wasn't, a, it wasn't about Pellegrini at all. In but fact, it's incredible because if you don't send me that transcript, you know, of that press conference, I would never have known the kind of things that he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It happens so often. Yeah, you just get a paragraph of what happens, and um, just depends on on what the um, what the reporter uh, has time to jot down on their on the notebook notebooks. Normally, I record the the press conferences and and write full transcripts for 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 a blog. Um, called Forsaletti that I that I write um, post match reports for, and and well, um, the truth is that people were surprised that that wasn't appearing on the press. But it always happens with Pellegrini. He's he's always giving negative comments about Atletico. Um, we I I I always criticize <clears throat> Del Bosque because I think that he's a highly anti Atletico coach. Not something that. Um, I suspect it's something that I've heard him say um, before he was the, the national team coach. But uh, Pellegrini has exactly the same type of negative comments for Atletico always um, ready, and and he never gets criticized for for the type of treatment he he gives Atletico and I guess other sides because I just think it's it's Pellegrini's way. If he wins. Um, it's it's to Malaga's merit, and if he loses, it's um, something that uh, that is probably not fair, or he will slip some type of excuse. I don't think he's the, he's a type of manager that takes full account for for his mistakes, and I and I do think that um, Malaga uh, probably didn't uh, deserve to to win the match at all um, on on that Sunday night. I don't know if you guys got away with the feeling that. The, the score was, was unfair. I, I didn't get that feeling, of course. No, I don't I agree with, with Pellegrini's analysis at all because I think Aledi started off so strongly, especially in the first half. Um, and this is something that I really like about Diego Simeone. In the, in the really big games, Aledi always come out with all cylinders firing. Um, we are always prepped so well. We're so aggressive in the opening game. Just look at the Europa League final against um, Adelti Club or the Super Cup final against Chelsea. It was in the first half hour that we decided those games and um, I think that against Malaga again we played so strongly from the start um, and it was especially the second half when the game really opened up and we saw a, a great game 
Um, and at that point, I did think that it was, um, well, Malaga did seem to deserve a point, but um, in the end, we were just lucky and a bit fortunate to uh, take the full three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and uh about the 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 match uh, uh, susan did, did you did you get the feeling that Atleti were the dominant side or or did you get the feeling that maybe there was some truth in pellegrini's words well actually i don't i don't i i don't i don't agree with pellegrini because um you could see that after the equalizer that Malaga was quite settled with the with the draw and Atletic especially the second half was going for the for the second goal. So um you see that the Atleti was the, the more active side and Malaga was more passive. So uh, I think uh, we we definitely deserved that win. Mm-hmm. And well we've been talking about the the famous second line um Gary uh well sorry Gary uh Martin uh in in the in the previous episodes, but um, we we are starting to see some players really stepping up and really um, becoming important players for the team. I'm talking about uh, Cebolla Rodriguez. Um, I'm starting to glimpse that maybe Emre is going to have uh, a more dominant role um, from now on in the season. Um, of course, Raúl García. Um, Diego Costa hasn't got the chance to play, but I'm sure that. Uh, once we kick into Europa League uh, plus La Liga mode, he's going to be appearing on starting 11s again. Uh, that's very, very good news for Atletico. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I was I was a little surprised that Emery, you know, got the start last time. And, you know, instantly... Well, you, you did read the, the, the full transcript. Um, Simeno was even apologetic uh, towards not playing Emre as much as he thought he deserved. It's the third. Yeah, he had said it before. He had said it like a week and a half before third that game. press conference in a row that mm-hmm. he was uh, publicly apologizing for not um, uh, playing Emre more often. I, I'm, right. I'm, I'm very surprised with that situation. Right. He gave him the chance this time and immediately it paid off, which was really good. I remember in the beginning of the season, a lot of people had doubts about him, that he's too old, that he's washed up. Uh, I I didn't have a real good estimation of him. I didn't really know much about him, and I wanted to get chances to see him play. I he re- got yeah. he got opportunities in the Europa League, and the thing is nowadays, if El Cholo trusts the player, it's almost like we have to trust him. I mean, Cholo's been right just about every time that he makes those types of decisions okay, where and, where the fans are skeptical. Um, and, let's let's get critical. Um, towards uh, Cholo, Thiago still doesn't fit in my plans. I mean, I, I can't see what what role he serves in, in general in the team. In in the match against Malaga, he only played a minute, and it was um, out of injury time to to um, let the end of the match um, uh, just uh, wash away and, and get away with three points. But in general... He's playing Thiago a lot more than I I would expect. Um, seeing Thiago's uh, current um, shape, I I I found him unfit. Uh, I just think it just seems like he has a lot of uh, he gets a lot of credibility right away to a veteran. He he respects veterans. You know what I mean? He just and it's part of that whole idea of this is a whole team. Anybody can come off the bench and contribute. He doesn't want anybody to feel like, you know, they're just going to ride the bench the whole season. Uh-huh. And it's just just that attitude. Anybody I call is going to get the job done. 
Derek, if you about uh, this uh, second line player, these second line players um, getting more minutes in most recent matches. Well, it's absolutely fantastic to have um, a a wide uh, range of players to pick from because um, I think that we discussed this on a podcast earlier that it's so great looking at our bench and actually seeing some options that could come on later in the game. While in previous years, um, we would only have some Cantera players um, to replace Kuhn in the in the injured time of uh, of any game, and now we can actually you you can see Simeone making his substitutions around the hour mark. Um, in some games, we've we've even used all our subs um, before the 70th minute, and that just goes to show that there well, are a lot of that, 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 didn't, that, that didn't work against um, Rayo. We we suddenly made three changes and substitutions, and and um, we got Rayo into the match. Um, so I think that um, Simeone is toning down the uh, changing too many players at the same time. Mm, I'm not sure about that because he's still making his substitutions <laughs> rather early and you can usually um, expect two substitutions between um, the 60th and the 70th minute and mm-hmm. um, he will hold, hold on one option on the bench um, a little bit longer but he's usually not shy about using his, uh, his substitutions and um, I think that he recognized that these past few weeks it was absolutely necessary to rest some of his key players and mm-hmm. um, if a match was wrapped up then he would use that possibility um, to, to use his reserves and to um, to save some energy. And, and yeah, what do you think playing. about that, um, playing um, substitution players longer? I, in for example, believe that that is a great idea and that is probably one of the things that I... Um, dislike the most about other type of managers like for example I, I can think of Quique Sanchez Flores or Luis Aragonés or Radomir Antich they probably waited too long to make a first substitution and you didn't get to um, uh, to see any useful stuff coming from the bench so I think that the bench is, is being really useful this uh, season probably more useful than it has been in, in a very very long time yeah. and I think it's due to the fact that he's giving substitution players a rather big amount of minutes to to prove their guns. Yeah, and I think that, well, these days I'm actually looking forward um, to the hour mark because usually that's when Caboya um, comes on um, and he, he provides such a spark coming from the bench and um, I'm really pleased with uh, Rodrigo especially because um, in the second half when the legs are getting tired um, on both teams, then he's such a useful player to um, to stretch open the game and to to make some runs with his speed. And he's one of the another free signing, just like Emre, who came in. And personally, I was a bit skeptical, but he's proven me wrong so far. And I think um, um, our summer additions have been um, proven very good ones so far. Yeah, I love the the Kiboya <laughs> pronunciation and and Martin's chuckle in the background. You, <laughs> you don't forgive a single one. Huh? <laughs> no, um, and 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 Murray was also was was also reminding us that um, Manzano last year was one of the um, exasperating type, uh, right, Susan, with the substitutions. Yeah, you 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 can see the the difference between Manzano and Cholo. Um, Solo, like you said, he's uh, taking substitutions quite early to bring some new powers to the team. Mm-hmm. It was like Manzano last year, he, he subbed like an 18 uh, minutes or something. Uh, 
if he, he he never he never used all of his free substitutions, and you could can see the difference in the rotations. Manzano last year you couldn't see any any system behind those. Yeah, rotations. we 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 heard a very good comment from Gary last week. It's like yeah, um, Manzano used the players, but Simeone really knows how to use the players. It's not it's not a matter of just uh, changing pieces, and it's a matter of what to do with with every piece you you and take out of the puzzle. I remember Manzano would senselessly put Coke in, just throw him in in the last five minutes of a game. Yeah, you, you really wouldn't know the reason, and he would just li- um, leave uh, substitutions unmade, and no matter what the score, uh, it wouldn't wouldn't make a difference whether we were winning the match or or we would be behind, or maybe we would have. Um, strikers um, on the bench that wouldn't get any minutes and we would lose the match and just I wonder if he still thinks that he he could get this team to perform the way that Cholo has been able to get them to perform because that's what he was saying last year towards the end of the Euro- our Europa League run yeah he I was always they, they interviewed him he's like yeah if I had that no we'd still be in that same position too and I'm like yeah okay <laughs> okay and um it in fact, I, before we move on, and, and I do want to move on to other important topics that we have for today, um, I know that you guys, for example, um, you three uh, didn't didn't live the 1996 Toblete, but uh, that team that uh, Radomir Antic had, um, he only used 12 players in 85% of the matches, the same 12 players. So that just goes to show... Um, how much more meritful um, this this uh, all these um, statistics that are being smashed by by Simeone these days of um, the the best uh, streak of of um, consecutive wins the uh, the best uh, streak of undefeated matches etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, how far away we have to look back to find a, a defeat I think we have to go back all the way to April against Real Madrid um, it just goes to show that it's it's not just a matter of Getting results, it's the way we're getting these results. We're, we're like, uh, planting the seed for a very strong, uh, tree to grow in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm really satisfied with the, the, the team that, uh, Simon is building in these days that we'll get there and we'll talk about Pizzi and we'll talk about Falcao and, um, ownership of, 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 um, the player rights and a lot yeah, of Ricky, did well. we mention that we're top of the league? Yeah, we're co-leaders, <laughs> but the thing is, at what cost? Um, we'll get there in a while. I um, to add to the the PC headline that we'll be mentioning. I want to um, put in some new information that I've that I have about uh, Falcao and and the rumors that are coming out about Falcao. But before we get there, let's let's get let's still get on the positive side. And um, all of a sudden, we we we've been lacking canteranos in the team for so many seasons, and we have this uh, full-fledged canterano midfield. Um, if if we if we uh, count Arda Turan out, who is the other the fourth um, starting midfielder, we have Gavi, Mario Suarez, and and Coque. It's like uh, three players from three consecutive generations of of cantera. Two of them have had to. Uh, prove their worth uh, away from from uh, Vicente Calderón to to win a ticket uh, back, and it's really satisfying for Atlético supporters to to find this uh, this canterano midfield in um, being so important for the team because I think that um, 
no one can deny the importance, uh, especially Mario Suarez and Gabi have for the team. And of course, Cook is younger, and but he's still getting the the biggest amount of minutes from from as as a fourth starting midfielders. I wanted to ask you about your opinion uh, about uh, this fact. I'm, I'm sure that Susan, for example, has uh, has some positive comments towards Mario Suarez playing so many minutes. Yeah, sure. Uh, for for me personally, it's it's, it's quite quite uh, I'm quite happy because all of the all of the years since Mario Suarez returned to Atleti, I was like, yeah, uh, you're wearing a Mario Suarez shirt, and oh, you're so bad. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. This year is mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, yeah. I always said that. Um, no, I, actually, I'm quite quite happy about uh, our Cantarano midfield. It's uh, I think it's it's uh, uh, um, it's it's always important that um, the you uh, that uh, the system of the of the team has um, gives possibility to younger to to players from their own youth team to get up. It's cheap, it's, especially if you consider our economic situation, and uh, it's also those people um, they they feel the colors. They pers- they they. Um, um, they have have the feeling of the club. They know they know the fans. They have played uh, so so many years at the club. So it's quite quite a good thing to see mm-hmm. to have those all those players. Mm-hmm. And um, well, uh, Martin, any any comments about the the three Canterano generations? Yeah, it's very romantic to know that those players love the club as much as we do as fans. You know what I mean? We see them as just another fan of Atleti, but they're actually there playing the games and all that stuff. And it also it alludes to Barca's midfield, where you know that they've had players that have grown up through their system. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy it too. And mm-hmm. like Suzanne said, it is a positive thing for the kids that are in the cantera. They know that they have a chance uh, to, to shine on the first team in the future. You know what I mean? It's It's a nice dream to live up to, to see players like that making it. You still hear kids from Atletico's Cantera say that they always looked up to Fernando Torres just to show what an impact he made on uh, youth players in our system. And I, I just hope that in a couple of years when new players will uh, arise from the Atletico Cantera that they will be saying, wow, I always looked up to Gabi and to you, Mario and to Koke. You're, you're already saying, Europa you're League. already getting that when you when you read Saul um, interviews you. He, he always uh, talks about... Um, uh, Mario Suarez being his role model as, as what he wants to be as a professional. So, right. so it's, it's just starting to pay off having, having, um, this incredible generation that, um, the, the previous, uh, Cantera director managed to, to put together. Um, I, I think that he can't take, get merit for, for Agabi, but he can take merit for so many other players, including maybe, um, the, the, the likes of Coque, the likes of other players that aren't playing for Atletico like Ruben Perez or Keko or players that, that are still in the B team or in, or, or away on, on loans or, or, or trying to, um, win a ticket back like, for example, Noguera who's playing for Premier League Blackpool. Um, the previous sporting director, Amorordu, is, is responsible for, for all this, um, success that we're seeing booming lately from, from La Cantera. And um, moving on, um, do you, do you guys uh, before we get to the to the strange uh, pizza issue, uh, I think it, it would be interesting, Martin, if you uh, 
gave us a, a quick uh, roundup of of the of the international break. Yeah, I'll start off with for me personally the the most exciting game was uh, Falcao playing in Colombia. Uh, Perea couldn't make it that time because he was suspended, but uh, it was you know Colombia's been playing really well. They they haven't made it to a World Cup. I think the, they've missed out on the last three World Cups. And this time they have a really nice crop of players, and Falcao is like the the spearhead of the attack. Have you been Have you been watching uh, Colombian uh, national team for a long time? Yeah, that's the team that I've grown up watching since I was a since does, I was six, does, seven, does, eight. Does it re- remind you to the firepower that the Asprilla um, and all that generation had? Or uh, even better? Not quite. Because- not quite, no, because that but, team... But it's a younger team. Undefeated. Yeah, but that team went undefeated. That was a team that beat Argentina and Argentina 5 nothing. That team had Carlos Valderrama, Espria, like mega stars at that time. And, and I wouldn't say that this team is at that level yet, but it's getting there. I haven't seen the type of excitement about the Colombia national team since, you know, the, the early to mid-90s. It's just that we had so many major disappointments in uh, the USA World Cup in 94, mm-hmm. uh, we were, you know, Pele had, had said that Colombia was going to be, he tagged them as, as the champions. He said he was, he picked Colombia as the winners because they had gone undefeated in the qualifiers. They finished first place. Uh, they, like I said, they came off of a huge win in Argentina, 5 nothing, and then they just totally collapsed. They lost to, to Romania. They lost to USA. That was the infamous own goal scored by Andres Escobar. And then weeks later, he was murdered in Colombia. And there was a reference to that, you know, to that mm-hmm. uh, own goal. So after all that, it w- people got kind of turned off by the national team. That was demolishing for the for national team sentiment, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Just imagine if somebody like PK commits a mistake and then he gets murdered two weeks later. After you get eliminated from the World Cup in the first round when you were a favorite, that totally ruins everything. You, it's hard to get excited again about there's something. A brilliant, there's a brilliant ESPN documentary. I think it's called The Two the Escobars. Yeah, yeah. Right? Excellent. But I mean, I watched that and I cried. I saw that like a yeah. year and a half ago. And it's extremely depressing to see, you know, what, what they could have been and then like the, the undercurrent of what was going on. There was mafia, Colombian mafia uh, involved. And you know, betting against the team and who who was the coach back then? Was it was it Pacho Maturana? Maturana. Yeah, it was Maturana. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that before? Uh, and that was before he he made the move to Atletico, right? Uh, I'm not sure as far as timing. I was a little kid, so I don't I don't really recall the you know. Do you, do you remember the year that he was for Atletico? Mm, I, I I can't recall. I I I would go to the stadium quite often, but. Um, I I can't I I can't I don't I don't know the year right now I'll look that up. Okay, but no. Getting back to the current Colombia, there's a lot of promise now. I've been talking for about a year and a half about players like James Rodriguez, Guarín, obviously Falcao, uh, Armero, Suniga, and they're they're actually you know performing now. Uh, huge win against Uruguay last time. And then they beat Chile and Chile. So this game against Paraguay that we played last Friday, we thought we were just going to sweep away with them because Paraguay was in last place. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being a tough first half. 
one of those Barranquilla is the the home stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where they play, and it's a very hot, humid environment, and that's pretty much why they chose that location. Yeah, it was it was right after being on, on the on the Colombian national team. He he coached Atletico in 1994. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that was a very very tough season. Pacho Maturana. Um, uh, Probably had the, one of the worst experiences as a coach in, in his career because he was, he was, um, highly criticized by, by Jesus Gil. I, I remember those days, uh, perfectly. Um, Atletico struggled to, to avoid relegation and it was Caminero that, that saved the team completely for two seasons in a row. And, and then Radomir Antich came on and, and the team turned from a flop to the doblete team. And it was, from wow. was a sudden transformation from fighting for relegation to uh, winning La Liga. Sounds like something with Man- going from Manzano to Cholo. It, it was it was something like that because uh, uh, p- people were so disappointed. They they were they, they were looking forward to having um, uh, something as awesome as Colombia was. Colombia was awing the world, um, and everyone was was just um, thrilled with the way Colombia played. In the um, in in the qualifiers for the for the World Cup, and yeah. and and afterwards, well, everyone knows what happens, and and after after he came to Atletico, we were expecting the same type of 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 coaching here, but I think that they did, just didn't give him time to to adapt to the situation. It was was rather disappointing for both sides, of course. Sorry, yeah. I, I was interrupting you in the middle of a. No, no, don't worry about it. Uh, I, I like what Billy said recently about Falcao, because Falcao's the leader of the Colombian team too, and it seems like he's on a one-man mission to win La Liga and to have Colombia qualify for the World Cup. And it seems like his drive motivates a lot of people. Yeah, too. I don't know. I don't, that kind of... I, I don't know if if Adidas has overlooked um, uh, signing him as a player because he is a perfect impossible is nothing player. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah. Um, he is he is um so determined to to lead uh against all odds Atletico and and Colombia uh to a smashing success wouldn't wouldn't that be incredible to uh, uh, get Colombia well, back into a world cup uh, I'm just hoping that Falcao still with Atleti <laughs> by the time the world well, cup comes around well, really maybe by the end then. of the season according to to what um, many journalists are, are 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 starting to slip. Um, so many many journalists are are saying that as soon as January, uh, Chelsea will, will be shedding the money for for uh, Falcao to move on to to Stamford Bridge. Have, All right, this is a positive show today. We're co-leaders. I don't think we need to get into that right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's talk about all the good stuff that happened. This how, is, how is Colombia doing in the standings for the World Cup qualification, Martin? They're in second place now. So, yeah. Doing really, really well. And, I mean, I think if they win three more games, they pretty much secure the birth, you know, of at least the playoff spot, the last yeah. playoff spot. So. Uh-huh. And about uh, one thing that was one thing that was really helpful is that since Brazil got automatic qualification, uh you would think that South America would have lost a spot and no, they they kept the five South American spots. So one more South American representative is going to be in the World Cup, which was a big boost for teams like Colombia who've always been there on the on the fringe just on just on the outside of of making it cuz last time 
we we got knocked out by goal differential mm-hmm. with Uruguay. So yeah, this time Uruguay but, looking so good, are they? They're tumbling right now. They're just looking awful. I think they've given up about ten goals in the last three games. So and that and they, that's after winning the Copa America. So. It's been yeah, they, they looked look a fantastic team just a year ago, and um, now they lost four one against Bolivia. And I think three 0 against Argentina, three one. Yeah, something to do like with that. a generational issue as well. I, I think um, probably the, the the team is is starting to uh, look for replacement for key players that they had. Um, uh, somebody like Forlang that's still starting. I, I think he's like a relic now. He's becoming, you know. On the team, he's just there out of respect, you know what I mean? But it seems like he's not doing so well at all, underperforming. Yeah. So. Uh huh. And and what about the rest of the international roundup? Okay. Well, I just wanted to talk about Falcao's. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. This, uh, is a, this is a Falcao episode. <laughs> this is only Falcao. That's all I care about right now. No. Um, the first half, Colombia struggled, and then in the second half, Falcao got one of those. Uh, balls, a pass inside the box. He juked a defender, and then one of those signature left-footed, you know, goals that we saw against Athletic Bilbao in the final last year, or in the Europa League. And He's then scoring just, more with his with his left foot than with his right foot, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like in the big games. He's been scoring with the left foot. And then it would be like, too easy if he tried to score <laughs> with the right. I think. I know. He, it's it's like I'm gonna win backhanded. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but he's been scoring spectacular goals lately, man. And and both of those goals were really really beautiful. I'd recommend anyone who hasn't seen them yet to to take a look. Oh, yeah, really really. There are two cool. beauties, and and uh, what Spanish reporters were saying were uh, they they remind uh, they they remind us to to the Bucarest goals, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, to the Bucharest, and then also the Monaco goal. Yeah, the Monaco goal as well. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. And, I don't and want to interrupt back. your 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 oh, no. speech. And then I just wanted to point out that in nine straight appearances, both with club and country, he scored 15 goals in nine straight games that he's appeared in, which is just outstanding, an outstanding number. So let's just hope he keeps it up, and on Sunday. In Anoeta. Yeah, okay. it's amazing. Yeah. And then in, in bad news, uh, Arda played for Turkey against Romania. Not only did his team lose, but he suffered what at first they said wasn't a severe ankle injury, but the more news comes out, it seems like it, it was pretty bad and he's going to be out. The last I heard was two to three weeks. So it, we, it's just this this bug this kind of like a jinx that Arta has that every time he goes with his national team, he comes back. R- Ricky, you know? knows in, in Spain, they commonly refer to it as the FIFA virus. Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, but with players coming back from um, FIFA international games injured. It especially affects Real Madrid um, yeah. historically, yeah. And, and, and they really got hit this time. They, they're... They're missing. I think yeah, we can't even complain about Arda compared yeah, to what they, they've about got that. three defenses: uh, Benzema and and uh, Iguain. Yeah. Did you see that Iguain came out early last night too? Really, as well. Yeah, after scoring, yeah. But then, I mean, Benzema and Iguain both came out this morning saying that that they should be okay. But mm-hmm. still, man, 
a big scare there. Yeah, um, I, I think we can't complain. Uh, besides, uh, for, for those of us who follow the Spanish national team, we'll get to Juan Fran, but, um, on the, on, on the injury side, um, not, not, not much we can say about, um, having only one player injured. Um, it's an important player and, and we will sourly miss, um, Arda, but hopefully, um, he'll be recovered before the, the three weeks and it, it won't be as bad as expected, as expected. Yeah. Susan, you've been awfully quiet. How did Germany do this international break? Oh yeah, Susan. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, I, we, we, I, we, I, I was watching a match and I just uh, turned off the TV when um, Germany was whipping <laughs> Sweden 4-0. <laughs> actually, actually, I was, I was uh, watching uh, yesterday uh, the Germany match on my television and uh, the Spain match on my on my laptop. And I was like, uh, 4-0, I could watch a bit, of, a bit more a bit more focus on the Spain match. And I was like, looking, and I was looking back, and it's like 4-1. I was like, oh, um, okay. And after the 4-2, I, I wrote to Flo, oh, it is going to be uh, Ryu 2.0. And... Uh, yeah, I was right. I was after the after the equalizer. I was just sitting <laughs> sitting in my bed. I was sitting in my bed, laughing hard because it was so ridiculous. laughing hard. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Okay, you're getting a lot of <laughs> German <laughs> followers. Jeez, um, I was disappointed. I was getting nauseous watching that game, <laughs> and I've only been a German for about two months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a supporter of a team in the German Bundesliga or in the second Yeah, league. yeah. It's like I don't I, have that political... I don't, I, don't, I don't like the coach. I don't like 99% of the players because I don't like them when they play in the Bundesliga. So why should I like them when they play for the national team? Okay. So I'm somehow missing that uh, national spirit there. You're, you're well, tr- well what, what, are you, what are you doing watching the Spanish national team? You've got the same problem. <laughs> Just... Just changing yeah. the competition. I have, to, yeah, I'm not Spanish, but I, I can, I can cheer for Torres or for Juan Fran. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, uh, one more, one more performance to highlight from the international games uh, is Courtois. He had a sensational uh, two games where his team went to Serbia, and in, in an eight-save performance, uh, Belgium shut out Serbia three nothing. Courtois was a big hero in that game. That was on Friday. And then yesterday, uh, they played at home against Scotland. And they, he had four saves in that game. And they also they also shut out Scotland. So, so it was great. Um, great for Courtois, yeah. And there was one more. I don't know if Ricky wants to be the one to talk about Ooh. his national team. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not specially excited with, with. I'm I'm not a I'm not a huge Vicente del Bosque uh, fan, and reason why, if anyone want, is wondering how I can't be a fan of a guy that's won um uh a uh, 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 World Cup in a a Euro Cup, uh, you just have to watch uh, last night's match. It's you have the best um the best group of players that any um coach has ever had put together uh 10 absolutely outstanding players um list after list and let's not talk about leaving Mata out of 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 the of the latest list because it's just unbelievable uh it's just the way he plays um his his cards it's uh uh 
not not playing strikers, uh, just abandoning the wings completely. And for an Atletico band, uh, fan, abandoning the wings is just um, totally outrageous. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really not the, probably the best person to talk about the national team. The national team yesterday drew in the very last minute um, goal uh, scored by by um, by France. Uh, Giroud um, scored the equalizer for for France in what was. Uh, uh, a last-minute flop by by Juan Fran, who who um, made a poor decision and and uh, tried to to I think it was um, pass the ball around Evra and dribble him and uh, he lost the ball and out of that play in injury time it was I, I think it was like 30 seconds over um, the established injury time uh, France scored the goal but it was a it was a well-deserved draw for France who had um, really tried hard and they had. Uh, they dominated the second half. Yeah, the second half was totally um, dominated by France, and I think it's it's a fair result. It's, um, how did how did the media respond, Ricky? Because I got the idea that they um, really burned Juan Fran for his mistake. Well, uh, from the personal um, point of view of journalists on their Twitter accounts and um, on radio programs and on TV programs. They absolutely um, destroyed Juan Fran uh, in the very first minutes after the after the match. Um, but reading the press, uh, the the comments were were pretty washed down because, in fact, um, Spain uh, Spain uh, missed a penalty. They 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 had a, a corner kick in 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 the last minute that they just uh, played foolishly. Um, and and there was a loss there before Juan Fran's um, uh, before Juan Fran's loss. Uh, Sergio Ramos was totally exhausted at the end of the match, and and um, nothing was done to uh, get some help down to to help uh, Ramos in the last plays. And uh, what I've what I'm what I especially like to point out is is the fact that Simeone, when asked today in the press conference, and I think that that's something that Martin wanted to point out, and maybe you want to extend on this. Um, he yeah, totally. publicly defended um, Juan Fran, and I think um, I love ag- that. I love again, that again, Simeone is is a great coach because he always sticks up for his players, and he really knows how to take the pressure when when um, players are are um, are feeling the heat and 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 well i i don't i don't recall the exact words i think you've got them uh, somewhere martin don't you yeah yeah i got them uh i'm i'm translating here directly so uh he he said they asked him what did you think about uh juan Fran's performance yesterday he said it was incredible he liked it a lot he said he's he saved uh a goal from being scored with 5 minutes to go uh and it was like a last second you know stop uh, with the, with a header, he said that there were three opponents all over him, and he jumped up and saved the ball, and that nobody was talking about that. That they were only uh, they not, they only wanted to point out his mistake, and he kind of excused it, dismissed it, saying that that kind of stuff can happen. He committed one mistake, and and that's football pretty much. But uh, why don't they talk? Why isn't the press or anybody talking about the one that he saved moments before? I really love that about Cholo, how he immediately sticks up for his player because mm-hmm. he didn't. He really didn't have to go that far to to say all that. He, he uh, didn't. Thing, 
he, Another he thing from the game detail to talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like he made a note to point out, you know, the fact that Juan Fran saved the team moments before. Uh, another thing, Ricky, didn't France have a goal that was wrongfully disallowed earlier? Exactly. In the game? Exactly. Yeah. It, it could have been one-one earlier anyway, and it sh- probably should have been. It was kind of a poetic justice there, in the sense that they should have had a goal before it was uh, a clear goal that was wrongfully disallowed by the by the referee. So totally agree there. And uh, um, I don't know if if that was a last because you already mentioned Uruguay. I don't know. Um, if if you have the facts there for um, how much um, uh, Godin or or Cebolla got to play in those matches at all, I I, I missed those matches. I'm pretty time. sure I'm pretty sure Cebolla didn't play the first game, and if he did, he played. He came in as a sub, and then they tried to switch it up a little bit, and they put Cebolla in the second game. I think he came in for Cavani or something like that as a starter, and it didn't really help much at all. Uh, Godin. I would guess that he played both of the games and doesn't very it doesn't speak very well for him cuz they they lost or was it the first game it was they got I'm pretty sure they got crushed yeah both times 3 nothing and then and and that was in Argentina and then they got crushed 4-1 so even though they're away games and and in this competition and just like all the others away games are much harder Still, a team like Uruguay, you expect, you know, would do much better than than a three nothing result, and and they were coming from a round, a previous round, that at home they couldn't beat Ecuador. They tied one one against Ecuador, and then they had been crushed by Colombia, four nothing. You know, so they're just tumbling. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after the international roundup, thanks Martin for that uh, that great um, roundup. Um, uh, still in the positive mode and trying to uh, pay attention to what you just said there before. Um, let's talk about Aleti B for a while. And before we get to the um, not so bright side of the story, uh, Susan, you did get to um, watch an Oliver Torres match live, didn't you? Yeah. But Tell us about it. Yeah, when when I was in in Madrid um, on the day on the, of the Malaga match, um, at twelve at Leti B played at home against. Oh my God, I hope I hope I pronounce it correctly. Guijuelo. Not even close, but thanks for trying. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, that's Guijuelo. Uh, Guijuelo, okay, Guijuelo. Yes. And, uh, they uh, had a very good performance. They won three three, uh, three one. Uh-huh. After being uh, back one zero uh, uh, one after I think it was quarter quarter uh, quarter of an hour, and uh, Saul played a very uh, very well uh, very decent match. I was quite impressed by him. He played the the um, Europa League match the first day before and on the played well on the on the Europa uh, Europa League match. And afterwards, he uh, played for the B team and scored. Mm-hmm. And like I, f- I think he did that uh, before in the match bef- before as well. We played. F- he played on the on the for Atleti for the A team, and afterwards he scored for the B team. So we should mm-hmm. maybe sub ha- sub in in the Europa League matches more often. Um, see, I was also quite impressed with Sidoncha and Manquillo. They also played quite good, and. Um, Oliver, you you could see his his excellent technique. He was he was shining in in the midfield, and um, 
Yeah, there was some, some, um, the opponent was only, um, with uh, one uh, player less, uh, after 70 minutes because one of the players, um, did not know how to handle Oliver Torres in midfield and then he gave him, um, yeah, he, he fouled him and then, uh, the ref sent him off correctly because it was, uh, quite, it was not a nice foul. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, and afterwards that lady, um, they were leading. They were one one person, one person up. So um, they uh, secured the the win with the three one, and that was it. It was quite a good match. It was I, f- I heard from from the article it was the best match of the whole season. So um, I chose a, quite a good uh, good uh, uh, date to um, watch the Atleti B team. Absolutely, absolutely, because. Um, if if we have a look at the rest of the results, um, you jinx them for sure. <laughs> they, they went on to to lose to Tenerife um, uh, against Tenerife four to zero, and and we're back on on the sour track with with uh, Atletico Madrid B. And let's just hope it's it's a stone in the road and it's not uh, slumping back to. Uh, previous problems that the B team had at the beginning of the season. Let's let's hope that the the Guijuelo match is what we're going to be seeing from the B team and not um, the Tenerife side of the story. But let's let's also add that Tenerife is probably the one of the strongest um, uh, teams in the in in the competition and and it, it's it's a painful four to zero um, loss, but. Let's just hope it's it's just an obstacle in the way. You did watch a a, a part of the Feminas match against Barcelona, right? Yeah, the the um, match of the Feminas was at twelve thirty, and the B team match was at twelve. So we went down to the to the second pitch to see the uh, part of the last thirty minutes of the Feminas uh-huh. match. You watched you watched Barcelona draw um, right when yeah. you got there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well. Um, let's take your your jinxing reputation away from uh, this very minute because Atlético Madrid Feminas traveled to I think it was La Rioja to play Lagunac. Yeah, that's that's in that's in La Rioja in in a town called Aro. Very nice wine, um, Aro. Um, I think the last time Derek was here, I I, um, I I showed him some of the niceties of of La Rioja wine. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Martin. <laughs> I'm looking you, forward to that. Yeah, you really have to <laughs> take notes about La Rioja wine before you Okay, come. sure will. And uh, um, Atletico Madrid Feminas uh, beat the, the last team in in the competition 0-8. Uh, to eight. Incredible result for Atletico Madrid Feminas. And uh, to complete the roundup, Atletico Madrid B um, has had two disappointing results in a row. They lost 1-0. to zero. Uh, versus Carabanchel, and before that they drew against the last in their league, Grignon, um, a, a scoreless uh, draw. And I think that's that's a complete roundup um, without uh, an uh, impressive amount of detail because we would have to have Billy on the podcast to, to get further detail on that. And and uh, um, yeah, do you want to mention anything about Letty C, Susan? No, you, you just said it was a Letty B. The, the, the last two results were Letty C. Uh, yeah, that was a Letty C. Yeah, sorry, Carabanchel uh, versus a Letty C, and uh, that, that was a one to zero defeat. And a Letty C against Grignon, that was a, a, a scoreless draw. 
and uh, I mean a goal is draw. <laughs> I said that twice, didn't I? And if we if we talk about handball, um, it's also quite disappointing on that front as well. Um, Balomano Atletico Madrid um, lost their second uh, um, Champions League match against the Vesprem side, which is one of the strong strongest uh, uh, teams in the competition. But that's uh, two consecutive uh, losses, and uh, that's quite unusual. And in the the most uh, recent Liga match, Atletico Madrid won Ferdiveria uh, Puerto Sagunto, 31 to 29. And the bad news was, as I said before, the um, the defeat against Vesprem, and uh, with a serious, very serious injury um, for the goalkeeper Ombrados, uh, which will keep him away from from um, uh, the uh the competition for at least six months he has an ACL tear and that's um terrible news for Balomano Atletico Madrid who who lost their their other goalkeeper at the beginning of the season. And I think it's time to talk about uh the uh less exciting news of the week. Um Martin, would you want to talk about the the um, Sporting de Braga report that we we um, mentioned earlier in the headlines. Yeah, and no. And yeah, and no time. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it came as a complete shock this morning when I read that news that we had paid $13.5 million for PT, a player that's never when, when shown we anything. We expected to yeah. pay $12 million for Diego. Would be exactly. <laughs> this is, I, I this just, should I, be an outrage, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I this is an outrage. This this is some kind of Jorge Mendes scheme, and I actually expect Aledi to uh, make an announcement sometime soon denying this news because this is just denying it, clarifying, right? Like, yeah, trying to. Uh, I'm guessing and hoping that they'll downplay it, give some sort of explanation. You know what I mean? That maybe they bought him, but they plan on selling him, and for that much money, or at least something close to that, because it's extremely, extremely frustrating. To think that Diego, you know, was 12 million, somebody so, so critical to the team last season, somebody that the fans had totally fallen in love with, he wanted to stay, and then, you know, we couldn't pay that much money for him, but then we pay that much money for somebody that played about four seconds of the whole last season. So, I don't get it. I don't get it. I do. It's called Jorge Mendes. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that there's something of this, this Mend- whole Mendes thing that, uh, behind. We, we all know that Mendes has this, this investment fund, who right. by, which, which, which is this Doyen Sports Group, or somehow it's, it's called, and that, that uh, buys the, the transfer rights of players. And um, I, I can imagine that um, we didn't pay a cent for, for, for PT, but uh, we, um, the, the transfer rights are completely with, uh, with Mendes. But there, according to the FIFA and UEFA statutes, there is, has to be a club that signs this. Yeah. So, and and we, we haven't. I can um, say something. Um, when uh, Pedro Jeromel was going to Mallorca, he's loaned he's loaned there. There was a discussion because he came from Cologne, and he is a Mendes transfer as well. And mm-hmm. um, they said that um, uh, the transfer rights should be were about to be bought completely by Mendes. He paid the he paid Cologne the, the transfer fee, 
and he would go to the professor was Beat Betis, and afterwards he landed, he got to Mallorca without for this whole investment fund fund thing. But it was said that um, the other club would pay nothing. There's only a club which has to sign it, but uh, they have to, don't have to pay anything, and the transfer rights are completely at this fund. And uh, you as a club have nothing to decide. You just make your, you just sign it and say, okay, I, I signed that for you, just for the for the statutes. I think that's that might be the case. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if, it, if it sounds shady, it sounds shady and everything. But if that's the case, then obviously it, it makes it much less, you know, severe for us. You know yeah. what I mean? So. What do you mean it's less severe for you for us? Um, it's that we didn't pay. Thirteen point five million. That it's it's, his it's equally it's equally shocking because um, who's the owner of 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 any player um, anymore? You 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 if if you look at the negative side of this, who tells you that Falcao is is really an analytic player? Yeah, he surely is not. He surely he, surely, he, surely, surely, he, he for sure is not. And 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 the worst thing is that Atletico is pouring. A, an enormous amount of money into renting a player, and it's probably a short-term uh, rental. I believe, and I don't think there's has any, ever been any official documents um, regarding the Falcao transfer. But I believe Atleti paid 18 million for him, and the other half of his transfer fee was paid by the uh, Gestifute uh, institution from Jorge Mendes. Uh, according to to a source. Um, who claims they can prove this, and I'm not saying I can prove this. <laughs> uh, uh, th- there, there are reports this week in in um, Spanish media that um, uh, Atletico have paid uh, cl- uh, way over 60 million euros uh, for Falcao so far, and uh, but they they still don't own the rights to Falcao and. Uh, He's going to be transferred um, most probably in January, and if not in in June. And it's not a matter matter whether Atletico qualifies for Champions League or not. It's just a matter of 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 selecting which team he he is to move to because there's there's a pre agreed deal on on that. I don't know. So, so your gut tells you right now that that Falcao's not gonna be here next season. Like, what's your oh, feeling? Sure. I I am um, I I always look for pointers that um, well inf- well informed um, journalists uh, uh, where where their opinion um, moves towards. And uh, um, from my experience with Cunagüero, my experience with Forlan, my experience with Diego. Uh, British journalists, which uh, normally seem to be very, very well informed about Atletico Madrid uh, transfer news, uh, are starting to report that Falcao will most probably make a move to Chelsea in January. And that's what I've already heard um, uh, uh, from more than one journalist, and I've started to to read it as well. I think that um, Tim Standard tweeted it uh, yesterday. In fact, so sorry, I just I just muted myself because I was crying. <laughs> yeah, um, in in cool. fact, what uh, the, the information that Tim Standard has, and and that's something I've I've been I'm hearing since last season is that uh, uh, Chelsea will has has most uh, has the 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 biggest amount of 
of being successful in the move because they wouldn't have to shed any money. In fact, they would they would um, pay, they they would sign a contract uh, linked to uh, linked to uh, success on on Falcao's move to Chelsea, and they would they would uh, swap uh, Falcao for Fernando Torres. And that mm. does make sense because um, the the that's probably the only thing that would avoid uh, fans uh, being outraged, yeah. outraged by by the move. Because they have to put at least Courtois on top. Yeah, the the other <laughs> the other move that that media is talking about, and that's something that's that comes from Marca, and and Marca is always very tricky because they do have a lot of information, but they also have. Um, very specific interest, and it's normally normally has to do with Real Madrid. Is um, the move that Marca is is um, anticipating is that Falcao will uh, could could move to Chelsea as well, and Atletico would tr- probably try to um, bring a cheap underrated striker, like for example Huntelar, who isn't having such a hot season. And Huntelas' con- contract expire- expires at the end of the season. So maybe they even have him pre-signed, which is some- something Atletico really uh, is struggling to to do in the last seasons. And, and we've seen it with Cebolla, uh, how Oporto uh, failed to to renew his contract and they benched him um, from February to the end of the season. Uh, we've seen that with Emre. Uh, we've seen that with I, I think we saw we saw it with Gabi. I don't know if we we paid a transfer fee for Gabi. Maybe we did pay a transfer fee for Gabi. I think it was it was three three point five million. Or something. We saw that with Adrian. Um, uh, Aledigo is in 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 a desperate situation to to uh, reduce expenses, and uh, I I I I really don't get the feeling that they can afford that we can afford to have Falcao with. The current situation that Atletico Madrid has, which is totally bankrupt team with um, two owners that uh, are, were more worried about um, real estate investments uh, related to the um, the stadium and and the training facilities, and and now that both uh, situ- uh, the both uh, operations are uh, are swamped in the middle of the crisis, in the middle of um, Real estate uh, funding problems in the middle of of uh, legal problems related to to the, the 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 town planning that surrounds both operations. Uh, we don't have a new stadium. We don't have training facilities, and we'll probably and we probably won't have Falcao at the end of the season. All of a sudden, they got depressing as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still co-leaders. <laughs> Imagine being co-leaders and then we lose Falcao in January. How ridiculous would that be? Yeah. To be at the top of La Liga and then lose a star, you know, halfway through the season. It, it would be very Atleti. Uh, I have to God. say. Yeah. It is very yeah. Atleti to, to uh, get a report, a mid-season report, Stating that you've paid 13.5 million for the most unsuccessful striker you've had in a decade, <laughs> and, and and you failed to pay a million and a half less for uh, probably one of the best midfielders you've seen in decades. So yeah, that's that's the way it goes. Um, and I don't know if you wanted to add anything else, or or we should wrap it up here, and um, maybe uh, Derek, you can. 
uh, you can tell us what lies ahead for Atletico in the next days? Um, yeah, of course. We uh, finally resumed La Liga action, and um, I've been missing it uh, very badly, so I'm glad we're finally getting back on track and extending That our way we don't talk about Jorge Mendes. <laughs> Sorry, what? That way we don't have to talk about Jorge Mendes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we're traveling to uh, Sociedad to take on La Real. Um, and after that, I believe, and I will have to check, or maybe one of you guys know, but I believe it's um, back to Europa League action as well next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. It's Academica Coimbra in Vicente Calderón in exactly seven days. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the time we're recording this. And uh, um, now you know, Martin, why Simeone always talks about thinking one game in a, at a time, because it's... <laughs> It's to not think about the January transfer <laughs> window. Yeah. Um, yes. So, well, guys, it's it's been great having you again. Cheer up. Uh, things could get worse, but <laughs> we're at the top of the league, and we really have to enjoy uh, this this moment. Uh, who knows when we're where? Uh, how long we'll be here? And and it's been a long time since we were. Um, up at the top of the of the chart, so let's just uh, take the the bright side of it, and and well, the, the only thing left is to to thank uh, all of you for being on the show once again, Susan. Thank you very much. I have to thank you hope, for inviting me. Hope hope to have you soon, and and I hope to keep keep you up uh, not so late as today. We won't confess at what time we're recording this. Thank you very much for your patience and your extra dose of coffee. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Hope I can spend more time than uh, a quick breakfast uh, the next time you're you're around and I see you sober at the Vicente Calderón. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I, I said I, I'm not drink anymore in the, in the stadium. Suzanne, are you going to make it in November? At the end I'm of November? Not, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I have to talk to my boss and he's on vacation, so Come I don't on. know yet. You're German. We all know you get you get vacations whenever you want. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Derek, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure being back on the show and um, we'll talk next week. So, so great to have you and um, really look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Uh, Martin, counting down. I'm in countdown mode. Can't wait Four. to have you here. Oh, okay, man. Yeah, me too. You're gonna draw up all the plans for what we're gonna do, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. am. I'm gonna. Right. I'm gonna tell my wife not to worry about it. That Ricky's got it all covered. It's hour by hour. Hour by hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take care. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have a good night. Bye. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at this is Letty, Facebook at facebook.com slash this is Letty, or by email on info at this is Letty.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for said Letty. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.